chapter. Luke, the 14th chapter, if you would. Be turning in your Bibles there. Luke, the 14th chapter. And uh, we'll be reading some scripture in just a moment. Several scriptures for you. Uh, but today, just before we get to the, to the scripture, today I want to talk about what could be the biggest thing that keeps not only sinners from getting saved, but Christians from walking in the fullness of what God has for them. And that is excuses. Excuses. You know, they're the easiest thing to find. How many has ever found an excuse besides me? They're the easiest thing in the world to find. And they're, and they're even easier to find when you go looking for them. Did you get what I just said there? An excuse is an explanation for why we didn't do what we were supposed to do. That's an excuse. It's, it's an explanation for why we didn't do what we were supposed to do. Now, sometimes there are good excuses for things. Uh, very oft times there's not. Uh, and you know, excuses have been around since the Garden of Eden. You know, Adam, when God questioned him about, you know, why he ate of the fruit of the tree, he said, it was this woman you gave me. Right? Is that right? And then when God turned to her, she said, it was the serpent that deceived me. Right? So excuses have been around since the Garden of Eden and the fall of man. When Moses returned from the mountain... Remember when he went up onto the mountain after he had led the children of Israel across the Red Sea and they were out in the wilderness there and he went up on the mountain. And when he came back down, he received an interesting excuse from Aaron. Remember his brother? He, he left Aaron in charge while he went up on the mountain. And Moses... You know, he received an interesting excuse from Aaron concerning the golden calf he made from the jewelry of the Israelites and as to why the Israelites were worshiping this calf, this golden calf. And remember what Aaron said? He said, I put, I put the gold in the fire and this calf came out. Is that right? Is that, is, is that right? <laughs> That's what he said. That's not a good excuse, is it? Because Aaron made that calf. He, he formed it, you know. But that was his excuse. We just threw the gold in the fire and this calf came out. Having been a teacher for many years, and I used to teach everywhere from junior high to junior college in days gone by, and it's an honorable profession, but having been a teacher for many years, I've heard a lot of excuses. And every time I'd get a... Now, sometimes excuses were good. But very often, they were not. They were just some bizarre, harebrained excuse. And it always made me think back to Welcome Back, Cotter. How many remembers Welcome Back, Cotter? Back in the 70s, it was a sitcom, you know, and Gabe Cotter had graduated from this certain high school. He went on to college, and then he came back as a teacher. 
the Sweat Hogs. Remember that? How many remember that? And that was their name for this group, you know. And, and so he came back and he was a teacher. And there was Arnold Horshack and Vinnie Barbarino. And how many of you remember that? But there was this one guy named Juan Epstein. And he'd always, he wouldn't have his homework done. And so he'd always bring a letter from his mother. And, you know, it would read, it would read, you know, Dear Mr. Cotter, please excuse Juan for not having his, his, uh, you know, his name was Juan Epstein. Please excuse Juan for not having his homework today that, you know, the dog ate it and uh, signed Epstein's mother. <laughs> you know, that, that's how, you know. And of course, you know, Juan had written it, but he signed it Epstein's mother and the sweat hogs. They weren't too bright, you know, so. But every time I'd get a bizarre excuse, I'd think about that for some reason, I guess, because I watched it as a kid. And, you know, I just here are some humorous excuses. Hopefully you'll find them humorous about school and homework. Please excuse my daughter for being absent. She was sick. So I took her to the doctor and had her shot. (laughs) From a parent who didn't do too well, apparently, in spelling class. My son is under doctor's care and should not take P.E. today. Please execute him. Please excuse my son for being absent on February, February 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33. My daughter could not come to as opposed to varicose vein, very close. I hope you take this next one right, but please excuse my son from school yesterday. He had loose vowels and his boots leak. Please excuse my daughter from school next Friday. We have to attend her funeral. (laughs) Please excuse my daughter from school. It was take your child to work day. I don't have a job, so I made her stay home and do housework. A student told his teacher, I didn't do my homework because of my eyes. I couldn't see any reason to do it. (laughs) Little Johnny was late again. Teacher asked why. Little Johnny said it was a sign down the road. Teacher asked, what has a sign got to do with it? Little Johnny replied, the sign said, school ahead, go slow. (laughs) A worksheet. On reducing fractions. Reducing fractions was not completed. The excuse, my child does not know how to reproduce. (laughs) Finally, an excuse written by a parent frustrated 
by their, by their daughter's bad temperament. An excuse written by a parent frustrated by their daughter's bad temperament. Please excuse my daughter for being late. Her broom won't start, so I had to send it back to Salem for repairs. So I've heard so many excuses as a teacher. But as a pastor, perhaps just as many and more. And uh, I came across this song that some dear folks shared with me. And I just want you to listen to it. It's a humorous song concerning uh, excuses for not coming to church. Let's, let's play that. It'll take about a minute or so. Just listen to this. A lot of truth in that song. A lot of truth in that song. And, uh, you know, many excuses. Uh, like I said, they're, they're easy to find, and they're especially easy to find if you're looking for them. And, uh, you know, I, I'll share just a couple of the ones I've heard over the years here in a moment, but one that, that I think fits real well after that song. I recall a man who attended here years ago, and uh, he drove through a life-threatening ice storm, one year, put his life in danger to drive down south, you know, 
But between here and, and the Super Bowl, there was a bad ice storm on. But he headed out anyway, and they, was, they were warning, if you're driving from the midsection of the country, don't put your life in danger. But he went anyway. But I remember there were several occasions this same man that drive through, would drive through the life-threatening snowstorm, ice storm, to get to the Super Bowl. He wouldn't come whenever there was just a light little rain shower. The, call, the phone would ring, you know, can't, can't, can't be there. So, you know, we can find excuses for anything. And uh, I've learned this about people. People are going to do what they want to do. They're going to do what they want to do, ultimately. Now, there's sometimes where, you know, that... You know, you you things come up where you just can't. But most of the time, people are going to do what they what they want to do. And in Luke 14, Jesus talked about some humdinger excuses, some humdinger excuses. Let's look at what our Lord had to say about excuses. Luke 14, verse 15. Notice what what the Bible says here. Luke 14:15. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, "Blessed is he." who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus, (coughs) he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Well, think about that. That's a humdinger. So you would buy a piece of ground before you examined it and looked it over. I don't know about you, but I'd want to see the ground first. Look at it. This is a bad, this is just an excuse, a bad excuse. I bought a piece of ground. Now you gotta remember, this parable here, these people are being invited to a, 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 a banquet that the Lord God Almighty Himself is throwing. And He has personally invited these people. What an honor. Isn't it an honor? to be invited to a banquet that the Lord is, is throwing? I've always thought it was an honor to come to the house of God. It's an absolute honor and a privilege. Absolute honor and a privilege to come to the house of God, to be invited to come. But they made excuse and the one said, I, I, I've bought a piece of ground, now I have to go take a look at it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said... I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Would you buy five yoke of oxen and then test them to see if they're any good? I believe I'd test them first and then see if they're any good, then buy them. It'd be like buying a car and now we're going to get in it and see if it's any good. Well, I want to drive that car first and be sure I like it. Be sure, it, you know, but this is just a harebrained bad excuse. But yet, excuse nonetheless. Still another, verse 20 said, and this is the most, this is the humdinger of them all here. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Now that's a humdinger. 
I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. I thought, as I studied the Bible, I don't think about that. I mean, I I know that when you get married, you ought to have somebody to come to church with. If you marry in line with the Word of God, if you do it God's way, the person you marry is going to be encouraging you to come to church, not pulling you out or keeping you at home. If that's the case, you've married out of the will of God. Is that right? I've married a wife and I cannot come. I've married a husband and I cannot come. That's just an excuse. It's a bad excuse. Notice verse 21. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house being angry. You ought to underline that. Because you need to realize that our ham-handed, lame-brain excuses makes the Lord angry including my ham-handed, lame-brain excuses. How many has ever had ham-handed, lame-brain excuses besides me? It makes the Lord angry. He doesn't take it lightly. He takes it personally. He's just been snubbed by by three people that we know of. Being angry. We need to realize that it makes the Lord angry when we don't do what we're supposed to do. And we have a, we don't have a good excuse. I've learned this about God. He's very reasonable. If there's a good excuse, He's reasonable. But if, but if, if there's no excuse, it makes Him angry. And being angry, He said to His servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of... Now now watch this now. Excuses are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous things. Bad excuses. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. They lost out, didn't they? Didn't they lose out? They're never going to get to taste his supper. Those excuses, I bought a land, not a piece of land, now I have to go look at it. I bought five yoke of oxen, now I have to go test them. I've married a wife and I cannot come. It costs. It costs. It may get you out of that thing that you don't want to do at the time, but in the end it'll cost you. It really will. And these people that made excuse, it made, the, it made the Lord angry. And in the end, those people that made the excuse, they lost out. They'll never get to eat of his supper. Oh, let's be very watchful about excuse, ham-handed, lame-brain excuses. A couple of the humdinger ones that I've heard along these lines as far as church goes and the work of God, I, there's, there's many that I've heard. I, I, I guess three of them that I have here that I put down put, could have come up with more. But, and like I said, sometimes there's good excuses why people can't do things. But in so many cases, they're not good excuses. Uh, this first one here, uh, this one individual 
said to me, Pastor, I just, I, I just, you know, want to do anything I can to learn about the ministry. I just, any way that I can, can be of service, you know, just, just, all you got to do is just let me know. So I sent this individual, gave him an assignment to go pray for a person who was seriously ill. And they replied, I, here's, here was their reply. I, I just, I don't have peace about that. I don't have peace about that. I just, I just, I just don't have peace about hands-on ministry. Is there any other kind? Now then, one more bizarre than that. This one may, may take the cake for me. There was a lady who had apparently given her heart to the Lord. And uh, I was preaching, teaching some messages that were very encouraging and uplifting. And ministers should do that. But then... I, because, you see, I believe in teaching the entirety of the Word of God. Not just the stuff that makes us feel good. And, uh, and so I got on some of that and talked about commitment and dedication and living right and walking holy before the Lord. And this lady, she had stopped attending church. We contacted her to check up on her. And uh, she said, well, pastor, she said, I just have to tell you. I'm just not ready to be a full-time Christian yet. Is there any other kind? Full-time, I'm a Christian all the time. How about you? So what she said is she wanted to just be a Christian some of the time, but... You know that song talked about, uh, you know, the preacher was, what was it? Some people got upset because he was too kind and some people got upset because he was too offensive. Um, A certain person said to me one time, they said, uh, said, uh, because there was a, for a while there I had gotten where I was just kind of just maybe... Blunt to the point where maybe it was just a little more me than the Lord. Has anybody ever missed it besides me? And if the Spirit of God is wanting the preacher to be bold, that's fine. But, you know, we preachers are human too. And sometimes we can maybe step over that line and we can get a little bit too bold in the flesh. You know what I mean? And I had gotten there for a while and the Lord dealt with me and... You know, it's fine to be bold and, and, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm going to flow with the Word of God. If it offends people, that it offends people. But what I don't need to be is offensive. Did you get the difference between that? Do you know Jesus offended people? But He wasn't offensive. And I said that. I said, you know, the Lord been dealing with me that, you know, we need to flow and uh, with, with the Spirit of God. And sometimes that may offend people. But I just, I don't need to get in the flesh and be offensive. And so I'm going to... temper that and the lady she she said uh, I need to go to a church where the preacher just kicks my teeth down my throat (laughs) so I'm not going there no more here you know it's something isn't it you can find excuse if you're looking for one you can find one is that right and I just don't know how to help folk that 
you know, want me to get up here and be mean and cruel? <laughs> How many want me to be mean and cruel in the flesh? No. How many of you want me to flow with the Holy Ghost and be bold if I need to be and tell you the truth? Now, I'm going to do that. Do you understand? Because you need that. I can't be a true man of God if I don't do that. It's interesting, these excuses. And then the other one that I've always found interesting over the years. I can't, Pastor, I just can't attend the healing service. Why not? I'm just too sick. Unbelievable. Uh, Luke, the ninth chapter, Jesus called some people to follow him. How many of you would find it an absolute honor if Jesus would call? I mean, when, if, you, if you'd have been living while he was here on the earth in his earthly ministry, how many of you would have found it an honor for him to say, Come, follow me? But, you know, he called some folk and many of them followed, but there were many of them that didn't. It's interesting, they'd give excuse on many occasions right here. He said to another, this is Luke 9.59, Luke 9.59, then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Well, he had an excuse here. Now, the thing you're going to find about this, that I find this very interesting, is to me, now to me, I'm just, I mean, to me, that looks like a pretty good excuse. But how many of you know you're not serving me, you're serving Jesus? And he doesn't always look at things the way we do. And Jesus said... Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. You need to realize sometimes there there are excuses that we may find to be very legitimate, but the Lord doesn't look at things the way we do a lot of times. Look at verse 61. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but, but... Those butts get us in trouble, don't they? But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Jesus, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And again, Jesus wasn't pleased. You can see it in his tone here. He wasn't pleased with, with that excuse either. And as far as I can tell, these people missed out. They missed out on what the Lord had for them because of excuse. There were other things that were more important to them. Look at 1 Kings 19, 19. 1 Kings 19, 19. Let's go there if you would. 1 Kings 19 and 19. Let's look at this here. There was a, a prophet, a man of God in the Old Testament named Elijah. And the Lord directed him to go over to this younger man named Elisha, throw his mantle or his cloak on him, which meant that 
this young man was being called to the ministry of the prophet. And he was going to take over for Elijah. And of course, as you study the story out, this younger man served this older minister. Some say as 10 years, some say as many as 20 years. Uh, In the end, this young man was known as the... uh, wasn't known as the prophet of God. He was known as the man who poured water on the hands of the older minister. See, if you want to, if you want God to use you to any any great length, you need to be a servant. Can you can you say amen? amen? And you need to be a servant for a good long while. And in, but in verse nineteen, First Kings nineteen nineteen, so he Elijah departed from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat who was plowing and he was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him and he was with the twelfth. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Again, that's his, his cloak. And, uh, and in verse 20, And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. Well, now that we know how the Lord looks at this excuse, do you think the Lord's going to be pleased with that? No. Now, let me ask you this. Does the Lord want us to love our parents? Yes. Does He want us to care for our parents? Yes. Does He want us to be kind to our parents and be considerate? Yes. That's not the issue. The issue is, is the Lord doesn't want our parents or anyone else to be more important to us than He is. That's what this is all about. And uh, he said, please let me kiss my father and mother, then I'll, and then I'll follow you. See, see, he's saying here that there's something more important than the will of God. There's something more important than the plan of God. See, it doesn't have anything to do with the Lord not wanting us to love our parents. It has to do with that there's something more important to these people than following the Lord. Please let me kiss my father and mother, and then I'll follow you. Then the older... Minister, you know, Elijah, then he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? In other words, see, this older minister wasn't operating on his own behalf. He was doing when he said, what have I done to you? See, this older minister wasn't operating on his own behalf. He didn't do anything to this young guy. It was the will of God. He was operating on behalf of God. And go back again. What have I done to you? If those oxen, if plowing, if, if being a farmer, and being a farmer is a, is a very noble thing. But if that's more important to you than following God and doing the work of God, then just go on, go on head back and do that. See, Elisha, the younger man, was making excuse. Now, one thing I will say is I've learned this about God over the years and people that flow with God, men and women of God. Even though our excuses, when, when they're ham-handed excuses and bad excuses, it does make the Lord angry, but He's not going to try to talk us into serving Him. And, I, and those people that, that, that gave excuse to Jesus, I don't see, remember when He, when he gave that parable, parable about bidding those people, inviting those people to come and they made excuse, I've married a wife and could not come and all of that. I don't see where Jesus, where the, where the master there sent His servants back to try to talk those people out of their excuses. He turned to another group of people. 
Do you understand that? He turned to another group of people. When he said, follow me, uh, let me go first do this. Follow me, let me first go do this. I don't see where Jesus, he was angry with it, it displeased him, but I don't see where he's trying to talk him out of. I've learned this about people, when they've made a decision to make excuse about something, talking, trying to talk them out of it is futile. Futile. He said, go back again, for what have I done to you? Now, isn't it good to know that we can have a second thought about our excuse and not make it? How many ever you were going to make excuse and you stopped in the nick of time and you were glad later that you did? And this is what this young man did here in verse 21. So Elisha turned back because, because this man of God wasn't going to go running after him and trying to try to beg him, oh, please follow me, oh, please follow me. Don't you know the Lord said that I was supposed to come over and minister to you? Don't you know the Lord's told me that I was supposed to throw that coat on you? Don't you know, don't you? I don't see the man of God doing that. What have I done to you? This thing's between you and the Lord. So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh uh, using the oxen's equipment. Well, he's burning all his bridges, isn't he? And gave it to the people. See, bless the people. See, when you start flowing with God, you're going you're gonna to be a blessing to people. I've never seen that before right there, but do you see that? And they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. And you know what? I just know this, that Elisha was so glad he did. He was so glad he did. He was so glad he did. He got to see some the, the move of God. And not only that, after Elijah was caught up in that whirlwind, then that, 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 that mantle, that, 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 that power of God fell on him. Remember that? And he parted that brook and he saw twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Glory to God. I just know that he's so glad that he thought better about that excuse and didn't ultimately stick with that excuse, but he turned back and he did what God wanted him to do. I know in my life there came a time where I was either going to continue teaching school or pursue the ministry. And, and, and I remember... I had made excuse as to why I couldn't go to Bible school, as to why I couldn't do this, as to why I couldn't do that, as to why I couldn't do the other. And they were just all excuses. And with each excuse, I got further away from the plan of God for my life. And I could see I was going the wrong way. And so I, 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 I repented of those excuses and I got back over and I began to do what God wanted me to do. And all these years later, I'm just so glad that I didn't, didn't stick with those excuses that I was making back there then. I'm just so glad that I've been, that, that, that I went to Bible school. I'm just so glad that I've, that I've done the will of God. Praise God. It got me a pretty wife. Glory to God. I've got, to, I've got to curse cancer and see cancer leave bodies. I've got to slap lumps on people's necks and watch, watch the, the lumps go down. Praise God. I've got to see people healed. I've got to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. I've got to see people saved, most importantly. Glory to God. I wouldn't have got to do any of that if I'd have stuck with my excuses. Amen. Look at Matthew 19 and verse 21. And teaching is a noble profession. 
Teaching is a wonderful thing. I said, teaching is a wonderful thing. Amen? I said, teaching is a wonderful thing. Amen? It's a wonderful profession. Amen? I said, teaching is a wonderful profession. Amen? But not if you're called to do something else, it isn't. How many of you know God's still in the healing business? How many of you know I'm going to preach that no matter what or who it costs me? Amen? Glory to God. Notice here in Matthew 19, 21, Jesus said to him, to this rich young ruler, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. How many would have took him up on that? But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had what? He had he had great what? Possessions. Actually, those great possessions had him. Is that right? I said they had him. And that was an excuse and it cost him the will of God. And I don't see Jesus running after him trying to talk him into or out of anything. Do you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Jesus went right on with the plan of God. He doesn't run after folks to try to talk them into things or out of things. He does the will of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Now this man, money was the situation here. He had a lot of it and it was his excuse. It was his excuse. It was his excuse for not doing the will of God. But do you know I've found there's a lot of people that don't have a dime and they use that as an excuse not to do the will of God. Did you hear me? Well, I just can't go do what God wants me to do. I can't afford it. No, you can't afford not to do what He wants you to do. Because when you're doing what He wants you to do is when you get in His flow of provision for your life. Did you hear me? Praise God. So excuses, excuses. Well, I've got too much money. If I serve God, it's going to cost me. I'm going to have to give it away. That was an excuse. Well, I don't have enough money to do the will of God. No, I tell you what, money shouldn't be the issue. What's the will of God? Do the will of God. If it costs you everything, well, you'll receive a hundredfold, praise God. Now in this time or at the judgment seat of Christ. If you don't have any money and, you, and God's telling you to do something, well, you better obey God. I didn't have the money to, to, to you know, go to Bible school. We had our tuition money, but we didn't have the money to go down there and live down in Tulsa for two years. Particularly when the Lord said to quit your jobs and go on down there. But we did it. Obeyed God and he, he met all the needs. And you can look in the Bible and you can see excuses, excuses everywhere. You know lazy folk have excuses. I said lazy folk have excuses. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the lazy man says there's a lion in the road. There's a fierce lion in the streets. Well, that's an excuse. When the the implication is there's not a line in the road. Talks about the lazy person. The excuse is it's too hard to bring. uh, Somebody sets food in front of them. It's too hard to take my knife and my fork. And too hard to take my fork and bring it up to my mouth. That's Proverbs 26, 15. Excuses keep people from getting saved. John 12, 42, as I begin to close. Let's go there. John 12, 42. 
John 12.42, nevertheless, even among the rulers. John 12.42, nevertheless, even among the rulers. Watch this, John 12.42, even among the rulers. Many believed in him. Many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not what? They did not confess him, lest they should be what? Put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's an excuse. What are people going to think of me? What are people going to think of me if I do this? What are they going to think of me if I don't do this? You know, life, even at 120 years, is too short to be concerned about what people think. You understand that? Because people are going to think what they want to think. I've already shared Jesus with people, sinners, and excuse I keep getting, or I've kept getting from folks over the years is not today, not today, not today. But you know what? Today is the day of salvation. We're not promised a tomorrow to receive Jesus. Not today is just an excuse. Here's another one is similar. I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not ready to give my heart to Jesus yet because I'm going to, because they know they're going to have to give up their old lifestyle. I tell you what, I don't ever tell anybody that you're going to have to give up your old lifestyle if you give your heart to Jesus. You know why? Because if you give your heart to Jesus, you're going to want to give up your old lifestyle. I'm not ready yet, but the Bible says now is the accepted time. Just an excuse. And I'll tell you what, there's people in hell right now and excuses put them there. Did you hear me? I said there's people in hell right now and excuses put them there. They had one too many excuses, many of them. Had one excuse too many. They said not today, one time too many. They said I'm just not ready yet, one time too many. The Bible says... Romans 1.18, and we'll close right here. Romans 1.18, go there with me. The Bible says there is no excuse. This is talking, and actually, it, it, it's, this passage of Scripture concludes that there is no excuse, and this is even for people who haven't heard the gospel. Watch this. This is talking about, look at Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. This is talking about a group of people who haven't even heard the gospel. For since the creation of the world... His, talking about God's invisible attributes, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are what? Without excuse. Now, should we go and preach the gospel? Yes. Should we go tell people of Jesus? Yes, yes, yes. But even to the people that don't get the gospel to them and they die... Jesus says here in his, the Bible says, God says here in his word that the creation itself shows the glory of God. Is that right? And, and, and says they are without excuse. So if these people are without excuse, how much more are the people that have the gospel preached to them are without excuse? 
And how much more are you and I who are already saved, we've already given our hearts to Jesus, and the Lord asks us to do something or tells us, you know, he doesn't have, he's polite, he asks, but you know he doesn't have to ask. He's our Lord, he can tell us. Is that right? And if he tells us, we are, we're, we're without excuse. There is no excuse. Excuse is not an option. Is that right? We need to do what he said do. We need to flow with him and obey him. Amen? There is no excuse. I have no excuse if I don't do what God tells me to do. None of us do. Did you get anything out of this today? I want you to listen to this. Talents. Talents. Remember the parable of the talents? How many remembers the parable of the talents? And one got ten talents, one got five, and one guy got one. And the guy with ten doubled it, I believe. And the guy with five doubled it. But the guy with one talent. When Jesus came back, when the Lord came back, he didn't do anything with his talent. The Lord said, do business till I come. And he said, what have you done with that one talent? He said, I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the notice. Your talent, it was, you know, any talent we have, God gave it to us. He said, it, I hid your talent in the ground. I know that you can be a hard man and, and I was afraid. And so I hid your talent. I know that you can be a hard man. I was afraid. And see, these are excuses. And the Lord called him a wicked and lazy servant. And he said, you should have at least put your money in the bank and made interest. Is that right? I wonder what talents we Christians have been given that we're not using for the Lord. And when asked, why aren't you using your talents for the Lord? Why aren't you using your talents for the Lord? Why aren't you? I wonder if this is the excuse, and I've heard this excuse so many times over the years, and I've made it myself in days gone by. I'm just afraid that I can't do it good enough. But you know what? The Lord gave us the talent. We need to step out in faith and use that talent. Maybe we won't be good enough at first, but you know what? We can develop that talent and get to the point where we are good enough. I'm not trying to make anyone feel badly today. I'm just asking all of us, you know, first of all, if you're not saved, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, if you've never repented of your sins and asked Him to come into your life, I wonder why you've never done that. Is it because no one's ever told you there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun? There's a heaven to, you know, when we die, where are we going to go, heaven or hell? Maybe no one ever told you that if you die without having repented of your sins and accepted Jesus, that you'll go to hell. Maybe no one's ever told you that. I'm telling you today, based on the authority of the word of God, there is a heaven above and a hell beneath. When we die, what have we done with Jesus will determine where we go. When we accept Jesus into our heart, not only do we miss hell and make heaven, but he gives us his eternal life to enjoy life here as we live down upon the earth here and and makes us victorious and powerful to help people. Maybe no one's ever told you that. Maybe you don't want to make excuse. Maybe you want to come to Christ today. Perhaps, just perhaps, you've been called to Jesus in days gone by, but You've made excuse. Not today. Not now. I'm not ready yet. I'll have to give this up. I'll have to give that up. I can't do this anymore. I can't. Listen, those are excuses. 
They can be the very thing that keeps you from the life of God. They can be the very things that put you in hell one day. Don't let those excuses stop you from the life of God. Don't let them stop you from doing all that you can for God here in this this earth. Don't let them keep you from heaven. I want to talk to you people that don't know where you stand with the Lord Jesus. When we dismiss here in a moment, there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front. I don't want to let excuses stop you anymore. When we dismiss this service here in just a few moments, I want you to come forward, talk to these people, pray with these people, and they'll lead you into a saving relationship with Jesus. Or If you knew Him at one time, you kind of fell back away from Him. They'll lead you back into a relationship with Him that you know you need to be walking need healing in your body, maybe you have some other need, you want to be baptized with the Spirit, all you can come forward and these people will pray with you. But now as we stand in the presence of a holy God, I want to talk to Christians right before I dismiss you, and I just want to say this to you, as everyone's standing in the presence of a holy God. Christian, listen, saved person, what is it? And I say this with all due love, I'm not trying to you know, put anybody on the spot or make anyone uncomfortable. But if the Spirit of God's making you uncomfortable, then you need to be uncomfortable. If I'm doing I wouldn't want to do it because I've learned that if I do it as a man, making you uncomfortable, it's worthless. But if the Spirit of God is dealing with you and He's making you uncomfortable because you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing, you haven't been following through on things you're supposed to be following through on, and you've made excuse... Well, I, I know what God wants me to do, but I know what God wants me to do, but I know I'm supposed to be doing this for God, but I know I'm supposed to be serving in this particular area, but those are excuses. Makes the Lord angry. So if He's dealing with you and making you uncomfortable, make the adjustment today. Be like Elisha who was going to make excuse, but then he thought better of it. He went and did the right thing. And he was glad he did, and you'll be glad you did too. What is it that God's been asking you to do? What's it? What has He been telling you to do that you haven't been doing? No more excuses. Let's make the adjustments, and let's do what He said do, and the blessing will follow, and people will be blessed as a result. Heads bowed and eyes closed, everyone looking at themselves. The Bible says we have no right to judge others, but we're told to judge ourselves. So if excuses have been keeping you from all that God has for you, no more excuses. Let's repent and do what we're supposed to do. Real loud, I'll I'll lead you in this confession. Say, no more excuses. Say, Heavenly Father, I'll make no more excuse. I know what you told me to do. And now I'm going to do it in Jesus' name. Well, greet three or four people. We love you. We'll see you next time. You're dismissed. God bless you.